I hope we are live doing it for the first time. Welcome everybody to the second season of Adopting Bitcoin, a conversation with Galoy. Um, why don't we quickly start with an introduction round and, uh, and tell a little bit about yourselves. Um, yeah. I have here with me, by the way, the Adopting Bitcoin advisors, but let's start with Moritz. Moritz, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm one of the Spectre, Spectre guys, Spectre boys, and uh, we do a Bitcoin desktop wallet. Maybe uh, some of the listeners are familiar with it. And um, we are part sort of the whole uh, Galloy stack because Galloy is using our technology for um, as a custody solution, which we're very proud of to be part of that and to support Galloy and to support the mission there at Bitcoin Beach. And uh, yeah, so I was last year twice in El Salvador. I was very excited about that and uh, happy to hear that the central bankers apparently made their way there too. So I'll pass over to Jeff. What's up? Uh, okay. Hey, um, so before I make my introduction, it seems that we're not live on YouTube yet. I cannot yeah. see anything and Noor has confirmed that she doesn't see anything else. So I'm not sure we if we just go ahead. And you well, upload it the, later? So, we no, we don't start over. Um, I think uh, the issue is that I had scheduled something and uh, it didn't connect to that stream that I had scheduled. So it started a brand new stream for some reason. And what, what are you saying, Moritz? We are on. Moritz, All good. Yeah, it's working. All right. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, well, I mean, I'm in here. I don't need to see it. Um, so anyways, hi, I'm Jeff I'm from FOMO. We're based in Berlin um, and have been doing a bunch of events over the last year, mostly relating, related to the Lightning Network. And we also did the Lightning Conference in 2019 in Berlin and um, kind of got involved in adopting Bitcoin last year through that sort of as to bring in some expertise and all that. Um, and I guess it went all right. Um, so this year I'm joining to to learn from them, <laughs> from adopting Bitcoin and and join the fun again. We also went to El Salvador last year. That was pretty cool. We had a delegation. You organized a delegation of 35 crazy Germans. Uh, oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Speakers. Yeah, yeah. We reached out to, to, the, yeah. to the ambassador of El Salvador in Germany um, in Berlin and just talk to her and introduce ourselves and this kind of culminated in having this delegation group during advanced uh, adopting bitcoin as well which um kind of granted us a bunch of meetings with um also all sorts of different ministers and politicians as well as um getting some exclusive first access to to the mining facility in berlin in usultan at the at the geothermic power plant and that, that was Pretty cool. Um, and we're actually trying to set this up again this year. Still in talks because there's still some time left, but um, hopefully we're going to do this again. All right. Rodrigo, what's up? Hello, everybody. Um, happy to be here. Looking forward to welcoming you all again to El Salvador in November. We had uh, such an interesting and great time last time. Honored to, I was honored to be a part of that. Uh, my name is Rodrigo. I am with the business development team of Bitrefill here in El Salvador. And we've been active, very active here for the last year. So looking forward to the next month uh, to prepare the next uh, Adopting Bitcoin. 
Yeah, and you had a big announcement last year that you can Bitrefill, uh, your CEO, he announced that you can completely live on Bitcoin now in, in El Salvador with Bitrefill. Is that true? Yes. Uh, last year, during the Adopting Bitcoin, it was the perfect platform to announce our bill payment service in El Salvador, where people there, which has become very popular. I can talk more about this later when we talk about what has happened during the last year. Super. Uh, who's next? Andrew or Alex? I don't hey, know. Hey, hey, all. Andrew from Galloway. Uh, so uh, for those that don't know us, we built the Bitcoin Beach wallet and the open source banking platform uh, that that runs uh, beneath it. And so um, was at uh, Adopting Bitcoin, of course, last year and traveled to El Zante and, you know, tipped to street musicians with sats. And I mean, the experience was magical, both the conference, the country uh, and the experience. And so, you know, really excited about uh, about this year's conference and making sure that, um, you know, everybody knows uh, and signs up early and, and, and gets in because, uh, you know, it's, it's really a hell of a place to be, uh, to meet Bitcoiners and to work on uh, helping adoption. You know, I think that it it helped both, uh, you know, bring attention to El Salvador and the needs there, uh, as well as, uh, you know, uh, open people's minds into what some of the challenges are and things to work on. So glad to be here. That's for me. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, well, um, Alex here. I'm the head of business development for Bolt Observer. So I'm assuming that many of, of you probably don't know what Bolt Observer is. But this is actually a product from AB21, or part of it, at least part of the, the, the story, because I met with the founder at the airport, thanks to the German delegation, uh, because the German delegation uh, was um, was taking quite a lot of space at the airport, and all the rest of the plane had, um, had the other lines available. So I met with the founder, we took the taxi together, and both of server was created in March, and I joined them as an early employee beginning of March as well. So that's kind of the, um, I think, the interesting story and the kind of serendipity you can get uh, out of one of the conferences such as um, such as adopting Bitcoin. So this is where the magic happens. I'm really looking forward to, to, to get more magic again for adopting Bitcoin 2022. What, what are you working on with Vault uh, Observer? Can you talk a little about right, that? Yes. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, both Observer is basically a, a platform for monitoring and management of nodes, for professional nodes. And we are trying to develop an entire tooling so that basically every single node operator has everything at hand. No need to go and, and try to find some tools all over the place, but trying to have all the tools to, uh, to monitor the reachability, the observability, uh, liquidity management, and well, a, a bunch of new things that we are working on at the moment. Building, building for that uh, hyper-Bitcoinized world with uh, a lot of node runners, uh, sovereign node runners, I see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We need that. We do. Awesome. And we also have Vlad now with us. Hi, Vlad. Can you hear us? Maybe not yet. Let's give him a little bit more uh, of time to, to acclimatize. So originally, I wanted to talk with you guys a little bit about what's uh, ha been happening also in El Salvador this week because as you might have heard on twitter it's been quite uh, quite a hype uh, that uh, naib bukele has been pushing um basically comparing it to the bretton woods of bitcoin uh in 1945 or something i, I don't remember i think in 1945 bretton woods happened right 44 with 44 so it was 44 countries that got together in 1944 <laughs> And, and um, to, to basically 
yeah, start a new financial world order. And now 2022, it's 42 countries, different ones, uh, coming together in El Salvador to talk about uh, not only, it might have seen like it, it, they came to just talk about Bitcoin, but they also talked about Bitcoin. It was a yeah, big part of uh, what's going on. Uh, matter of fact, they're right now in Bitcoin Beach, uh, I heard. And uh, yeah, trying to buy pupusas with sats from their lightning wallets. So, um, but yeah, let, let's maybe uh, postpone that a little bit uh, to later because we still have the chance that of Nicola and Chimbera and Noor joining us uh, if they make it. Um, uh, if the, it, yeah, it depends probably how much instruction and handholding the central bankers need using Bitcoin. <laughs> Um, but um, yeah, so let's save that a little bit for later. And um, I want to know from you guys, like, uh, what is your take on the adoption process of El Salvador so far? Um, most of you have been in El Salvador um, and at the Adopting Bitcoin conference for um, the first installation. Um, you've been following it closely um, through the media or being even on the ground. Uh, um, I think Rodrigo, you live there, right? Um, Jeff, you you spent a long vacation there after the conference and uh, for a couple of weeks. So yeah, yeah. So the only guy That's... who was not there is Vlad. Have you been to El Salvador? No, I haven't yet. But okay, uh, I'm here so... for a reason which concerns helping the people learn how to use Bitcoin non-custodially and the fact that I have this magazine which I created this year and I'm having it translated into Spanish and I might just give it to them so they can print as many copies as they can. Okay, so and you're doing the Bit, uh, BTC Takeover podcast and um, together with that you're now um, having a, a print magazine. Yeah. All but right. the podcast is in English, so I'm not sure if it helps them too much. All right. I'm trying right. to give them something that they can enjoy locally and not have, you know, a learning curve, which involves learning a new language. Yeah. Well, that's an, actually an interesting point, because I think like, um, even though there is like, sure, we need a lot of education in El Salvador, but uh, and most of the education is available in English language. And, uh, and now we're doing this Adopting Bitcoin conference. Obviously, we're trying to like have Spanish talks as well and translate most of the talks into uh, uh, Spanish uh, simultaneously like we did last year. We're going to do that again. But I, but I would argue or, or ask you guys, like, is there maybe also value for the Bitcoiners that are speaking English there um, as multiplicators, basically, uh, just uh, for a conference even though it's not directed at like, I don't know, like the broad population, like most of the conferences are not directed towards the people in the streets, right? Uh, they don't really worry about those things that we talk about um, uh, at the conference. But is it, uh, is, is it a help to those on the ground that are pushing forward these educational efforts that we're seeing like Mi Primer Bitcoin, Toro Goes Dev, uh, that's in cooperation with Chaincode Labs and, uh, and all, all the other initiatives. Or who would you say like, is the primary beneficiary of Bitcoiners coming to El Salvador? I think, Rodrigo, you're the best to answer. You're the, you're the man on the ground and you're the local. So <laughs> how do you see that? I am, 
I am the local. Um, I I think that you know what we now that we have more time to plan the program and everything on like uh, last year. I think that we have time to to how to say to give some attention to the locals as well because we're going to have different parts of the program. One is going to be devoted to to people that are developers, another that are more economy, and why not try to have one part that it's completely devoted to to Salvadorians. And as you mentioned, my first Bitcoin, my primer Bitcoin, I'm sorry, my primer Bitcoin, uh, La Casa del Bitcoin, uh, Torogos Dev. There are they they those three are very interesting initiatives that have been born in a way here in El Salvador. I guess that Paxful already has some education efforts all around the world. But what's interesting is that uh, at Beat Refill we're having a Spanish podcast where we're trying to interview people from all over Latin America, and we what we find is that. It is the different needs in other countries that kind of motivate different uh, programs or solutions that are coming from all of those countries. So it's interesting that these solutions that have been born in El Salvador, like those three I mentioned, the Primer Bitcoin, Torgos Dev, and uh, like I said, Bitcoin, they, it's it's a response to the needs of education. As you said, Kemal, before, that's what everybody you know, agrees on, that that's going, what's going to be needed for the adoption of Bitcoin to be a success here in El Salvador. So I, I don't think there is a need to, just responding to the question quickly, maybe I already did, is there is no need to actually exclude the local population. I think we should do the opposite and try to have a special section for them. And maybe in that part, uh, go as far as you know, making the uh, the the content live, uh, easy to stream for the population, etc. Things like that, you know, already live. That part, that where we want to make the message to be broadcasted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was something I would say last year we didn't did so well. I, I was hoping for more local companies or local developers and people to come. There was a good good chunk of them there, but um, we were like probably 700 and I would say like the locals were like 10%, like 70 to 100 locals. And um, it was a little bit tricky because on the on the other side of the street, a little bit up the road, we had LaBitConf, which was basically planning around the adopting conference and uh, adopting Bitcoin um, conference. So this time we will have a much clearer signal with less uh, LaBitConf noise around us as we are, it's just us and uh, and adopting Bitcoin will be, I think, three times as, as large, I, I guess. Anybody have an, a, an idea how the quota of locals to foreigners was at uh, the LaBitConf conference? Was it the same or, or different? Uh, I think that, you know, they say that, <laughs> I don't, the, the numbers that they present are everything from 2,000 to 20,000 to counting the, the event on the last Saturday. So uh, it's really difficult to say, but I would say, I would still say that from what I know, it's, I should be like 70% that were Salvadorians at La Vitconf. That's my guesstimate, oh, but uh, oh, I could be wrong. Okay. okay, so that's a considerable amount more than um, at adopting Bitcoin last year yeah because i think that most of the content as well i wasn't uh, i wasn't there as you know but uh, i think that most of the content was in spanish which makes it more easier because english no matter that i think that most of the people that you will be in contact here while in el salvador of course they will speak english but uh, the language is still a barrier a bigger language than a bigger barrier than we might think still yeah all right 
So we have somebody joining here with the sunglasses, live and direct from El Sonte. What's up, Nicola? <laughs> and you got a haircut, Hello. that's great. You got a haircut yes. only for this event or what's happening? <laughs> yeah, everything. Even the nice view, right, from uh, Gotham. Oh. So. Perfect. Oh, that's looking yeah. nice, making me jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I missed the first part. I was uh, on my way to presenting. Um, I, I guess we're talking about uh, Bitcoin and we'll talk about the central banker at the end, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I don't know how much time do you have. Do you have time to join us for an hour or uh, uh, otherwise you can just go ahead and tell us how the week went? Yeah, okay. Is Chimbera here or should I just go? No, I don't take it off, Chimera. take it off. All right. Um, so, yeah, basically there is a week where um, about 100 central bankers are here in in El Salvador, three days in San Salvador, one day in El Zonte. I think they're arriving about in, um, in, in one hour here in El Zonte. Um, so the, the conference is, is not necessarily about Bitcoin. It's, uh, it's a conference that is organized every year by a working group of 44 central banks. What they are focusing on is on financial inclusion. And so their goal is to uh, discuss basically every year about okay what are the challenges for financial inclusion and how we can how they can do better you know in their country to get more financial inclusion. Um, so there was on Monday there was one talk about uh, Bitcoin which I did with uh, Timbera and so we talked for about maybe 45 minutes about the benefits of, of Bitcoin in Salvador and why they should consider it. Uh, there was a, a lot of questions. And the questions were interesting. They were like, okay, what's the difference with CBDC? <laughs> and how do we do consumer protection with Bitcoin? And if the, if the price of Bitcoin goes down, you know, how do we refund the user? Uh, which is, is an interesting one. Um, overall, I can say that the, so, so the first thing, you know, contrary to what you may have read online, like it's not a conference about Bitcoin, it's, uh, it's really a conference about financial inclusion and there was just this one talk about, about Bitcoin that, that we did. Um, I think today they are coming to Horizonte and it would be more about, I guess, experiencing what Lightning can do. Um, an interesting piece for me, I, I sit most of the results talk on Monday and, and for every question that was asked, you know, in my mind, the answer was Bitcoin fixes this, but yeah, they basically, <laughs> There's basically no clue about Bitcoin at this point. At least the working group that, that are coming here. Uh, to give you some insight, I think that was interesting. So after the talk, there was a, a boost where they could try the Bitcoin Bitcoin just to experiment you know, how you know, lighting works, basically. And a significant portion of them didn't really know how to install an app on their mobile phone. And so that was a, a first surprise to me. But if you look at the... You know, age, you know, a lot of them are in their 60s and like basically they're not really, I guess, dive into technology much. <laughs> Another interesting aspect. So after installing the app, basically there is a captcha to create uh, the, the account. And also many did not know how to do the captcha. <laughs> so, you know, like you have a slider and you need to move the slider, which someone on our team, you know, asked us, you know, is it human or is it robot? Because Usually the robot should, not, should be the one that doesn't know how to do the capture. Um, 
Anyway, so the you, president. You got some good um, user experience uh, feedback yeah, watching feedback, these yeah. 60 year old sure. bankers trying to solve the, the capture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I want like, what was the first question after your talk from the audience? I mean, the, the very first question is okay, what's the difference between Bitcoin and CBDC? Um, and basically, they, they do not really know the, the difference, right? They, um, and, and so, yeah, the other question is like, okay, you know, us as a central bank, our role is to do, you know, set interest rate and set policies. Like, if we use Bitcoin, you know, what, what does it mean for us? Um, and, you know, it's a question you can expect. My, my answer to this question was that. So basically, all those uh, central bankers are from developing country, and I guess all of them, if most of them, but probably all of them, their currency is being devaluated against the dollar, and the inflation is probably much higher than the inflation that you have in, in the US. And so my, my first insight was say, you know, if you want to define your currency and not get getting devalued as much, you, know, you could start to consider Bitcoin as a reserve asset, and you can you know, allocate a small fraction of your reserve into Bitcoin, and it will eventually help uh, maintain your the, the purchasing power of the currency. Um, so, I hope this argument went through uh, some of them at least. I I tried to come up with the argument also that adopting Bitcoin is useful to build your energy grid because you are you know as a miner. Like this is something we will try to push for Central African Republic. The miner may want to come in a, in a regulation that is friendly to Bitcoin and in a place where you don't have a good electricity grid, it can really help because you can have these miners that are attached to your power plant to get started. It's your first customer for your power plant directly. And so as the grid is being out, you know, then you can switch from using miner to having the population start to use electricity, which in, in many developing countries, I think will be a valid argument. I don't think this argument really resonates because they really focus on central banking and you know energy grid and things like that is something that is foreign to them and I don't think they they really think about it or have anything to say about it. But um, I at least try to mention it to see if the the argument will yeah maybe lead how some, was, somewhere. How was the reaction overall by these like? Uh, is there interest? Are they saying okay, this is interesting. Let's look into it, or are they like? You are um, whatever orange coin crazy person, and this is just a one example here, and it's not really working. Like, how's the how's the discussion there? Um, so yes, yeah, so probably they were thinking I was we were a bit crazy, me and Shibera about Bitcoin for sure. Like, you know, um, central banker are probably some of the most risk-averse people you can think of, I guess. Um, and so you know, our talk was very enthusiastic, and you know, but how you know financial inclusion is working uh, for for El Salvador. Um, yeah but 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 that's you know I can think the, the other talk was really about hey you know so let's say Bangladesh you know they have this KYC program and it help you know uh, go financial inclusion from I'm just showing up number here but you know let's say for 40 to 50 percent over the last couple of years and and those talk were really not for me not interesting really uh, and there was not a lot of question at the end of every of those talks. What I can say is, at the end of the talk regarding um, all Bitcoin conversation, like this is where all the conversation happen and all the discussion happen and a lot of questions. So I guess they have a lot of interest in my mind, um, but they also don't understand it, right? At least this particular working group don't understand it. Um, 
they, they would like to understand it and I'm sure they this trip will help them to maybe dive into this more as they come back to their country. Um, but they really, you know, very normy um, at this stage, in, in my opinion. You know, it, it's important to also highlight, like, it, it's not representative of probably the average central banker in maybe developed countries that probably have people working on that. Like, this working group is about financial inclusion and it's a working group from developing countries. So it, it's really a subset, you know, a small subset of central bank. All right, all right. So today, pupusa day. Keep keep, yeah. keep working on it. Keep working on it. Throw the pupusa and the satoshis at them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but that's a good experiment. I mean, that's I didn't expect to you know any time in, in my life you know be in front of central bank or trying to pitch Bitcoin. That, that, that was fun for sure. And then what's the what's yeah. Uh, Nicola, what's the, the role of uh, of Salvador here, a part of hosting? Do you think that they will also position themselves as the kind of consulting country for other central banks or advising at least um, entity for other central banks or um, it's just hosting and I think it's going to stop here? Uh, for this particular event, it's about hosting, uh, I think, mainly, right? But, but also it's like, why did they come choose to come to El Salvador? Right? I mean, it's because okay, sure they can learn more about Bitcoin, and so I, you know, for this particular event, I would say Austin is really the answer. But I believe there will be other countries that are considering this. I, I'm sure they will want to travel here and meet the government and get insights. Like this feels obvious to me. Uh, but I believe it, in that case, that would be more you know government maybe. Um, and, and there is also you know we have to differentiate government and some product like the. You know, they're related, but they can they can be also different. Like uh, central bank is really, a, I believe, in most country at least in the United States. Like it, it's also they represent banks, and banks have sometimes different interests than government. Um, and it, here it's very clear in in San Salvador. Like uh, basically, the the government is the one pushing Bitcoin. The banks, um, and also I believe to some extent the central banks. You know. They're not as much involved with this Bitcoin law and Bitcoin integration, right? They, uh, today, the, the banks in El Salvador, like no one, to my knowledge, is really offering you Bitcoin banking at this point, right? Um, and so we also have to differentiate banks and, and central bank. And I think if if some entity want to work with the government of San Salvador, it would be more likely other government body more than central banks in my opinion yeah makes sense yeah so we have 44 there or 40 um, of these countries there if we have like a um, one two three four countries coming out of this getting more interested it's already a pretty huge success because like people have first-hand experience it's not like some uh, intellectual voodoo exercise it's they have an app and they can pay for the pupusa and it's gonna probably click a little bit with them and they say, okay, um, what's happening here? What's our financial inclusion problem? How can we work on this? And uh, let's talk to this Bitcoin beach people and the Gala guy more. Good to see. I hope yeah, you're yeah. inviting them to the adopting Bitcoin all. Free yeah, we did. We did. We, we, we even had a discussion, okay, should we give them free ticket or discount? I think Kemal pushed back on the idea of free ticket, and so we give them a, a discount code. Um, 
yeah, yeah. So definitely, they uh, we 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 want to. I mean, if they want to join, they should be welcome to Adams and Bitcoin. Hundred percent. Very good. Uh, and I'll from all of those countries that uh, that participated, there were like forty-four different countries, right? From all different regions, like Latin America, African countries, Asian countries. Uh, did you see some kind of like? Um, can can you say like certain region that had more interests or that understood it more fluently than others, or were there ones that were especially interested uh, and some very very uh, reserved to, towards it? Can you talk a little about that, or is that too discreet? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think um, so. Noor talked to a lot of uh, Arab-speaking country, and uh, our input was that. They, they said themselves that they will be the last to adopt this type of um, currency, they think. Um, I think the country that seems the most uh, attracted is um, a country in Latin America, which is not a surprise, right? Like, I mean, this is where it started, and it's like very close to them. I think it's, it's the El Salvador experience speaks to them, right? The fact that El Salvador, for the first time, has like uh, more than 10% increase in GDP, you know, a large increase in tourism. Um, like, I mean, the number the, the one country look at it, right? Like they know about it, they heard about it, it's really present for them, I'm sure. Uh, and so they're the ones that are, yeah, the more, I guess, the more uh, familiar with it. Um, I think Africa, for me, I see a lot of potential with Africa. I talk with multiple also African countries. Uh, for them, the, I believe the El Salvador, Low and is a bit more foreign to them because, like, if you're in, in somewhere in Africa, you know, uh, you don't necessarily think about El Salvador and you know, talk about it much. Um, I think what could have a strong effect for the country in Africa is uh, Central African Republic. Um, so, if this take a similar path compared to El Salvador, and you know, like, there is a lot of positive things happening there in the next year or a couple of years, you know, I'm sure. It will generate a lot of interest from other African countries, and they will want to maybe replicate it or you know uh, go a similar path. Awesome! So uh, Giacomo has joined us, and uh, hey, yeah, hi everybody, how are you? Very good. Um, just like, what's your take on the adoption process in El Salvador? What can you see, um, Giacomo, from afar? What would you like to ask Nicola? You have a question to Nicola. Well, uh, from afar, but there's also what I remember when we were there for the first Adopting Bitcoin conference. So my impression after that, I also promised everybody to write, uh, uh, to, to make a video about that, but, but I'm, I'm lazy and I, and I never did. So my impression was basically a, a, a three-tier impression. So there was one level of uh, spontaneous adoption from the bottom, bottom up, which was basically all around the Bitcoin Beach project. It was a serious project with uh, with the real work in order to build it from the ground up. So you could see a level of understanding, level of awareness of, uh, of Bitcoin and advantages. You could see people using cool wallets like uh, uh, like uh, the, the, the Bitcoin Beach wallet, which is federated, custodial, but, but, it, but in a very interesting way. And also uh, non-custodial wallets like uh, many people were using uh, Phoenix Moon or other kind of things or Breeze. Uh, on the other side, or even even if you use custodial, but it was like custodial, which were which were custodial type of wallet, very integrated with the community, like using Strike, 
on the Bitcoin beach, you could see the strike symbol. Then you have uh, on the other side of the extreme, you have the very top-down uh, Bukele circle of uh, uh, or the, or like the big businesses in the capital adopting Bitcoin with uh, a, a good amount of investment. Uh, like if you go to McDonald's, they use Open Node. It's flawless. It's great. It works perfectly. So they have Open Node, and that's very very cool. In between, though, you you, you could see uh, between from the geographical point of view, so between the capital and the beach, and in between from the social point of view. So between the, 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 the rich part of the capital, at least in relative terms, and the very poor uh, Bitcoin Beach community uh, in relative terms, of course, you can see basically some desert of understanding. If you go to, uh, like if you go to a gas pump uh, just before uh, El Tunco and you asked to pay in Bitcoin at least one year ago, maybe now it's different, but the guy was just hating you because it was like, I already have a credit card. So I know how to use it. I don't need this shit. I, I don't, don't even explain to me. Just give me cash or use this credit card. Uh, while if you do the same in uh, if you do the same in Marriott Hotel in the capital, they have open node and they just use it. If you do the same in uh, in Bitcoin Beach, they they don't have a credit card uh, to, to sell this uh, this uh, this coconut or whatever. They they do need Bitcoin because they don't have an alternative. So I see. I think that it's, it's it would not be trivial or maybe it's, better, it's getting better, but it was not trivial back then to bridge the, 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 the place where the top-down influence of the government worked fine uh, and the place where the bottom-up spontaneous initiative of Bitcoin Beach was growing and was leaving something in between. But I think it's for us to try to feel it. And I, I'm looking forward to go back there to see how it evolved and how it's still like that or not. I, I never imagined I will hear you to say the top-down approach of the government worked. I mean, <laughs> or the kind of worked. So how did you decide to 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 agree to to support adopting Bitcoin conference? Sorry, I have to uh, between libertarians, I have to troll you a little bit here when you say the top-down approach of the government. No, well, I mean, I mean, uh, that's that's a common, uh, of course, it's a simplification. But some people outside of the libertarian mindset, they also do get this wrong. Top-down and planning are not wrong. The point is who is central planning for who. So if when you open a business, you are a central planner of your business. You have a top-down approach because you have to hire people. It's okay to have top-down plans on reality. The point is the scope. If you plan on your property and you are skilled in the game and you are the one suffering the consequence of a bad plan, the plan can work and scale. You can create an empire, a business empire, of course. You can create... A, Uh, I mean, you, you can be a visionary entrepreneur. You can create something big. If you uh, if you plan with uh, other people paying the consequences uh, of your mistake, then everything uh, becomes uh, uh, bad very 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 fast. In this case, we have uh, like something in the mix. A government is a, is a is a bad version of central planning for sure. And I think that's well represented in the quality of the wall achievable. That is probably the objectively the worst part of the El Salvador experiment. Chivo, uh, when it was there, it was a it was a nightmare. It was basically showing all, only a fiat interface. So it doesn't represent the the value of Bitcoin as an alternative to the fiat uh, the, the, to the fiat uh, inflation and the fiat dominion and the fiat uh, uh, colonization. So it just show US dollar. And then you have to, uh, to, to use this very ugly UX in order to get Bitcoin. And this Bitcoin uh, part was only on chain and you need to do something 
crazy from the X point of view in order to get Lightning, which was ably promoted as, you know, Lightning as payment, as payment network. And if you got Lightning, uh, a good amount of the time it was failing because of the, the they told me later it was because most of it was, was built in a rush because the, the president said, let's do it. And so there was a lot of mess, a lot of cows, and they had to deliver. And even when, when the Lightning transaction was succeeding, still people were, were basically locked in in a, in, a, in a custodian system with zero privacy because in order to get people this, uh, this incentive of $30, they had to, do, to implement KYC stuff. So even if you, if you go through the hell of Chivo and you arrive to something that can be similar to Lightning, you still don't get it because you're not a Lightning, you're not private, you don't have privacy, you don't have custodianship, uh, full custody of your stuff. So I think that the failure of central planning was evident in Chivo. That said, something like um, uh, a big business like McDonald's using a big business like uh, OpenNode, I think that was a good central planning because that was a, a, I mean, we can hate on McDonald's for various reasons, but they, they are efficient. They, they, they have skin in the game. The, the McDonald's uh, manage, management in the country had some skin in the game. They had to face this new legal tender law they called a business which is open node, which is central planned in a good way. They were well organized, they got together and they got something working fine. It's non-custodial, I mean, it's custodial, but in that case it's also very different because one, one thing is a, a single guy in a, in a zonte not having the keys. In that case, you may have future episodes of censorship, of confiscation, the other and, and the value of Bitcoin is that if they hold the key, they cannot be confiscated. And if they have privacy, they cannot even be asked to be confiscated. While on the other hand, in a scenario of confiscation, the, uh, the company funds of McDonald's are probably, I mean, if you are the manager of McDonald's, you don't run in exile with your key in order to save the money of the company. You just say, okay, keep the keys and, and you just go. So it's the, the business case, is, is not imp the business which is not uh, self custodian is, is not that a problem for me. Uh, it's okay that McDonald's will, is not storing the key because they will not defend it against a, a confiscation anyway. While that would be way more important mm -hmm. in, the, in the grassroots part of the community in the, in the Azonte context, for example. So we have to push on the grassroots and to push the self custody and, and, and go that way. And, uh, but who better to ask than uh, Chimbera? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm super excited. Sorry for being late. But as you know, I think we're receiving the, the delegation from the central banks today here in El Sonte. So we are preparing a little bit, you know, for, for this event because it's exciting that they will test and they will see how Lightning Network work in real actions you know so i don't know i'm super exciting about it and we'll post some pictures later so we're working on this today so i'm really sorry to be late oh no worries great to have you on so how's the education working how's the i heard me premier bitcoin and uh, house of bitcoin casa the bitcoin is, is making progress like where do we where do we stand on the education what's what's any updates there yeah, now nah, it's exciting to see uh, other projects coming, you know, to help with education because I think we all understand that El Salvador is super important now and, and 
it, ha it will succeed. It will be like a successful, but it's required a lot of work in education. You know, we all know that. And I think we all can contribute to that because like education is a really hard part and more when it comes for money because we all learning in a different way, you know, and we all learning in different times and we all can educate different people. So more people are working in and education is better and, and and everyone is playing like a really important role in this, like Mi Premier Bitcoin, La Casa de Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin Beach, uh, the tourism, you know, like I have been like super, super surprised how the tourism like come here and they're educating a lot of people too, because maybe the locals are more willing to hear, you know, when they, when, when they see or they talk to the tourism and say like, Hey, I'm here because of Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin changed my life. I do everything in Bitcoin. They're like, wait a minute, like he's traveling here and his life has been changing about Bitcoin. So they're kind of more open also to, to, to listen what they're saying. And like I say, like education is exciting. It's hard, but it's where you connecting with people and you understanding like the problems and the solution that Bitcoin is bringing to all of them. So it's beautiful. It's beautiful. We see you having a big smile and you're very excited for this day. So <laughs> um, I can understand you very well. Okay. And, and he's off, I guess. But, but Vlad, you haven't been to El Salvador and nevertheless, you sort of decided to uh, support the Adopting Bitcoin conference. How do we, uh, how did you come to this decision to, uh, to, to take the jump and, and be on this sort of advisory board here? Yeah. Hi. So I created a magazine which is free and open source. Anyone can download it from GitHub and can print as many copies as they want. And tomorrow I'm going to be in Prague at Pizza Day. And they're also creating their own version of the magazine because it's open source and they're going to have their own cover and they're going to sell it at the event, which I think is really cool. And I envision something similar, but in Spanish for the locals from El Salvador and not just yeah. them, but the entire Latin America and Spanish speaking world, because it's a huge world out there outside of this English bubble. And I think that part of the adoption and education needs to happen in their own language. There needs to be no barrier with their entry. They need to figure out how everything works without having any kind of hurdles. And I have a guy who already translated like 80% of my articles. His name is Roberto Scott. He's from Argentina. And I'm very grateful for his efforts. And all I have to do right now is just take that text and pay someone to put it on top of the graphics. And after that, we can proceed to printing magazines making them go burr and onboarding as many people as possible with the right kind of education to become sovereign with their own money. Because that was my criticism. That's why I was contacted by Flacco and Nor. It was the fact that I was very critical last year. And the fact that I can help people on the ground to set up their own wallets to figure out, like, for example, there's an article about how to obfuscate your IP address, how to use Tor, how to use VPN. You know, stuff like this, that's practical. How to, how profitable it is to mine. I also have one of these articles. Or why you should run a node on a Raspberry Pi, stuff like that. 
All of that is in the magazine, and I hope that is going to be of help to someone who's going to just pick something up. And the reason why I created a magazine as opposed to a book, like it's very thick, it has like 116 pages. But I created this because it's more approachable. A book requires more commitment. You need to start it from somewhere and get to the other cover. But with the magazine, you just open it when you have 10 minutes, you read maybe a piece of information. You also have accompanying screenshots and stuff that's meant to help you along the way. So yes, this is the reason why I decided to pursue this. And I hope that the locals are going to find use in my work. Yeah, so just on this, um, we were just discussing in the 21, the German 21 group, and about doing a magazine the last days because somebody lost his mind at a, in a, in a newspaper store where there was some blockchain magazine and he sort of ranted about it. And now we want to do a 21 magazine. So maybe there's a way to partner and, and to, to, uh, to do this together. So I, I'll hook you up with, uh, with, uh, with the guys from the 21, okay? From the I know sure. great, great news. All right. I mean, the, the the topics that uh, Vlad has featured in his uh, magazine are really for Bitcoiners. That's really like Bitcoiner cypherpunk stuff, and uh, yeah, so it's really great that this will be available in Spanish. Um, but I want to ask, like Alex, um, he's been on the ground and. Um, has been researching a lot also um, um, about um, the staircase to sovereignty, as he calls it. And um, Alex, uh, do you think like, how far are the Salvadorans that you've met the Bitcoiners on their journey to sovereignty? Well, I mean, I can share my experience when I was there. Um, that was, I mean, the reason why I traveled there was because, first of all, we need to remember the context, uh, 20, well, 2021, there was probably one of the first conferences we could afford uh, because Europe was pretty much still under lockdown. So that was a kind of a great opportunity to get out and to mingle with the lighting ecosystem. So that was that was a great opportunity. Now, um, I think it's, it's great for us to talk about impressions, but I would be very happy to see numbers. We talked about financial inclusion. I don't know if Bitrefill has some data on that and trying to see what's the evolution over a year but um, I would be very curious to see this number. But in terms of, of adoption, what I could see, and I very much agree with, um, with uh, Giacomo, it's uh, you have the yeah, bottom up and top down for sure. Um, and that's basically some of the things that I also identified in uh, the research I, I conducted for uh, Fulgur Ventures that steer. That was the reason why I traveled to, um, to also uh, San Salvador. Try to meet with people and try to understand more what was the what were the, the roads to hyperbitcoinization, and it reminds me a bit of uh, of the motivation that you like to grow with children. You have two forms of motivation: you have the intrinsic motivation and the kind of in extrinsic motivation. So, coming from inside or outside. For me, Bitcoin Beach is very much from inside. I mean, this is the thing you grow because you need it within your community. You know that it's going to help you. You know that you're going to access different services. You know that it's going to make your life better. I mean, Mi Primer Bitcoin, in my opinion, is something very similar. And then you have the kind of motivation pushed from outside, from the government. I was under the impression that, uh, well, as Giacomo was saying, things were not perfect, but it did have some 
several benefits, benefits of, of sharing this kind of initiative with a much larger um, part of the population. Uh, there are probably things that need to be improved, but um, for the people who don't need it, um, yeah, there will just remain um, motivation that is pushed from outside. Uh, Bitcoin, I think, has uh, a bunch of benefits, and I'm a big believer of, uh, of this kind of initiatives because this is, in my opinion, a lot more um, sustainable, creates some, as I said, intrinsic motivation, and it's like long-lasting. It's not only about teaching Bitcoin. I think it also has the benefits of bringing back to school kids that have been left out of school for probably several years and give them a little bit more hope. I mean, um, this was also part of the messages that was delivered by people at Bitcoin Beach. I mean, some of the alternatives is to join the gangs or now they have another alternative, which is trying to trade, trying to exchange services, trying to sell because they have um, a currency that allows them to, well, to connect basically to the world economy. So um, I, see, I see quite a lot of potential and not only for San Salvador, I think duplicating this in different uh, parts of the world, whether this is Costa Rica, Honduras, um, could, be, could be Brazil soon, is, is very promising and we need to, uh, well, we definitely need to be there to, to help this, this adoption from the ground uh, be even more efficient, kind of industrialize also the process. But on that, I'm sure that um, Galloy has a, a big experience with, the, with Bitcoin Beach for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I mean, you know, uh, one of the pictures from the, the event the other day, I, uh, uh, Jim Perra was sending me a couple pictures of, of, you know, onboarding people to Bitcoin Beach Wallet. And I saw this in every person's hand. Um, and Alexandra, you, you know, you, you had this from, we had this at the conference last year, which is a story of Bitcoin Beach and lessons learned. And, and one of the lessons is, um, you know, it, rather than try and sell people on hard money, um, just have them use lightning and have them experience it. Um, and, and, and so there's a lot of lessons that, that, you know, Shambara and, and the folks at Hope House that they have. And now that uh, at Bitcoin Lake in Guatemala and Bitcoin Akasi in South Africa are developing or riffing or evolving based on what they've learned from Bitcoin Beach, um, and to tie this back to um, uh, uh, one of the areas where we started about adopting Bitcoin and the concept of education and making sure that there's an education uh, available is this idea of like educating the educators, right? Like how to, like teaching people how to teach others, right? Is such a big thing, right? So um, whether you're a, a trying to build a community or replicate a Bitcoin Beach like community somewhere else in the world, or I love Shimbera's uh, comment about tourists, Right, we had uh, Ricky from uh, the Bitcoin Italia podcast on an adopting on a Twitter space uh, a few months back, and he lived on Bitcoin for forty days. And who knows how many people he showed how to as, as accept Bitcoin, right? And he was like like this person that Shimbeta is talking about, which is like, I'm here because Bitcoin. Like I have I have money, and and I'm from a different country, and I want to spend it. I want to give send my money to you. Let me show you how. Um, so I think like there's a lot of these elements, which is like adopting Bitcoin, the, the summit is a place where people can all come together, share these learnings and methods for for orange pilling folks at, at different levels of the uh, readiness uh, and then spread back out to the world and, and spread those uh, spread those uh, learnings around. Yeah, absolutely. Rodrigo, you mentioned um, about the 
initiative that Built Refill started um, and announced actually at the first Adopting Bitcoin, um, where Salvadorans can pay their regular bills, utility bills uh, with Bitcoin. Uh, can you speak a little how that uh, how the, how that went and uh, how it was adopted? I can. Um, it it has been a great success actually. We had a 100% uh, growth in volume each month. So from yeah, so it's 10 relevant number because the, the first month was not that big. But uh, still, it has been it has been a a great experience for Bit field because we are we have also launched that uh, that service in the us right now so the server was an important ground to be able to test how the, the reception of this and as you all know the adoption in the adoption of bitcoin in itself is going kind of slowly in El salvador uh, we don't know about uh, a percentage but this is a little you know this kind of exceeds the adopt, adoption itself so it was great for us to see that such a product had uh, such a great uh, reception here in el salvador Can, can you explain quickly, like what kind of uh, bills were, were yes. users pos uh, able to pay with that service? Yeah, we have around 150 products that you can pay. It's everything from uh, from your water bill to your telephone bill to your cable bill to paying your credit card bills. Uh, uh, we had electricity a little while, but now it has it has been well electricity as well. So everything that you can imagine, actually, is, which. This is a huge difference uh, in the in the in the very beginning. Bitcoin Beach actually, I think it was Mike that did a tweet that it was a great service because now they didn't have to go down to the city to pay for the electricity bill. So this is actually financial inclusion because, as you know, you know it's only this. These are old numbers. Only like 30% of the Salvadoran population have a bank account and have the possibility to be able to pay for bills from from the comfort of their telephone or their internet. But now everybody that download is, that, that has a download of a wallet can do that easily. So it has, um, I think that it, it shows the potential for what kind of products are going to be popular around the world that are going to promote and the financial inclusion in itself in a practical way. So in this sense, like El Salvador is a really important sandbox where like companies like Bitrefill can go and, and 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 roll this out on a significant size of six million people living there or open node can work with McDonald's and just see okay how do we work with these big companies what are the needs and with this experience you can then uh, go back to the US or go to, uh, to other places where you can really uh, scale this up and have the experience from El Salvador to bring it bring it elsewhere no Exactly, exactly. We're going to roll out, roll, roll out this service in the whole of Latin America to, well, the US first, where it's already there, uh, but then comes Latin America and then the rest of the world. So it's extremely interesting for us. It has been a great experience to see this and how it has developed and the reception has said. It has been the growth has, said, has exceeded our expectations by far. And uh, for us, it was, we are extremely happy that we could launch it at the Adopting Bitcoin 2021. It was the perfect setting for it. Yeah, um, I want to ask, like, when this when Naip Bukele announced this, and um, where were you personally? Like, were you at home? Are you traveling? Uh, what was the situation like? And what do you what do you think? Um, personally, it was a Saturday. I know those of you who have been to El Salvador. I'm sure you have been to Pollo Campero. So I was at uh, Pollo Campero in uh, La Gran Vía, having uh, 
having a big uh, a big it's uh, like kind of a Kentucky fried chicken and I just you know I just stuffed the, the, the chicken in my mouth and it was it was fantastic I really I understood what it would mean uh, but even so what has happened after that has far exceeded everything that I could imagine actually the the response it has had that's where I was <laughs> that's that's great and Vlad how, how, how did you experience that that moment were you at the conference or were you Uh, back home uh, and what did you think like the government is taking over bitcoin now or bitcoin take over by bukele well i was not really happy with the way that it happened like i was happy with bitcoin beach but then when you know the government announced that if you install this government endorsed wallet you're gonna receive like i think it was ten dollars of bitcoin i'm not very sure but it was still something And yes, 30. To the average person, that I guess that's a very nice amount of money. And I wasn't even sure how it works. Like, is it really the kind of wallet which lets you withdraw to another wallet? Or is it just on some government balance sheet, some Excel, where you only transfer? And this only fuels my motivation to provide some education materials for the people on the ground so that they can figure out why they should switch from that government wallet and why it makes sense to preserve their privacy. Because all of this is new and exciting, but at the same time, you want to protect your privacy, not just against your government, but against your neighbors and against anyone who can figure out how much money you have. And that's a very bad kind of scenario. Most of the times, it's a good idea to not tell anyone how much money you have. And when it's all open, like not necessarily on Lightning, but even that is observable with some network analysis. And it's kind of ironic to me, and this is like a side note, but all of these companies at the Miami conference started saying, yeah, we're going to adopt Bitcoin. But they they waited for Chainalysis to announce that they know how to, you know, surveil the Lightning network before they announced any kind of support for it. So to me, as a Bitcoiner, it kind of hurts and it only wants me to push and help others figure out their way out. So Naipo Kele triggered you. Very good. I like, I like triggered Vlad. <laughs> and Kemal and Andrew, you weren't working with Bitcoin Beach or Galloy at the time. So how has like, your life changed quite a lot with this announcement, hasn't it? Yeah. I, oh, my I, God. It's been crazy. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kamal. I just say like I showed my wife. I was like to my wife. I was like, you know, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's like smoking the cigarette, pointing at the TV. <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, you've got to watch this video and and you know, watching watching that announcement and you know, it was impactful. Um, and you know, I think it was that, but also Jack Dorsey. I, you know, Jack Dorsey's um talk at, at the conference. I thought I thought was uh, really interesting as well. It actually, I was working in the fiat world at the time. So uh, it actually, that, that conference actually kicked me right out. And I was like, I, like, I have to get in this. I'm, I'm leaving behind the old world and I'm going to, you know, help support, uh, you know, Bitcoin adoption. So sorry, Kamal, go ahead. No, that was uh, great. I mean, it was very similar to uh, with me. I don't actually remember where I was. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember where I was. I was not in Miami. I was watching it. And um, yeah, yeah. Um, It was big. It was so earlier than expected. This something like this would happen. It was really an announcement uh, that that shook the world in a way and sent shockwaves. And 
yeah, affected my life uh, as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I was like Andrew working in the fiat world, um, spending my time on Bitcoin as much as I could um, on the evenings after work or on the weekends. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, thanks to you, Moritz, also, I got to know and meet uh, the team at Galloy. And, um, and now we can push things forward together. So I'm very, gla I'm very grateful for how things developed uh, generally and also for me personally, because now I can just uh, focus on Bitcoin and work with Bitcoiners 24-7. Uh, and, and it doesn't even feel like work because it's, uh, it's what I want to do. And, um, and yeah, um, and now we're doing a, a second conference. So it's pretty exciting and pretty, pretty cool that we're at this stage now. Um, never would have thought that the, like never organized the conference before, never organized the Bitcoin conference before the first one. Um, but yeah, we did it somehow. And uh, Bitcoiners are fantastic people. Low maintenance. Uh, uh, they don't allow. They don't allow anybody to fail. Really, you can't. It can't go wrong if you if you plan for Bitcoiners and oh. attract the right people. So so that was really cool. Um, obviously, the conference itself. We were very worried in advance um, how it would go. There was so much fat. We never. We've never been to El Salvador. <laughs> Um, security concerns, uh, COVID travel concerns, and you name it. I mean, you you, you know what's how it's been in the last two years. Um, and yeah, I, I'm glad that um, we now have like uh, a reference, um, and uh, and the COVID madness is ending, so travel should be a little easier, hopefully. Like shortly after the conference, uh, El Salvador itself has um, made immigration um, easier and dropped all of the regulation uh, concerning masks and vaccines and whatever, all that nonsense. So I wish they, they had done that a couple of weeks earlier. That would have helped probably get a, uh, some of the speakers that couldn't make it because of the regulations like Francis or Peter Todd or a couple of others that uh, were rejected at the border. Um, yeah, so very much looking forward to it. And yeah, it changed my life dramatically. And um, I'm, I'm rooting for El Salvador all the time, uh, every day. And yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. So like, I have a huge respect for Nicholas because I was going to El Salvador last year and I met him before during announcement in, in Portugal because like, Obviously, he was integrating Spectre into the stack and we, I wanted to meet the guy. And I met him again in El Salvador and sort of I was trying to drag everybody uh, into some meetings with banks in uh, in El Salvador. So we had like one one meeting that was really with one bank there. We had Fode, we had uh, Alvaro, Mario, Jose, like Guatemala, uh, El Salvador in the house, Aaron from Viedrum and Bobo, but I told them that it's just me coming for a coffee. And I came up with this whole ragtag gang of Bitcoiners there. And we had a few of these. I had to drag in Nicholas there to one. And um, I, I was very happy because the CTO of this bank told him that um, they're actually talking to Ripple about some kind of solutions and whatever. 
And Nicholas got so triggered <laughs> that he basically was getting really angry. <laughs> and uh, but it was really hard to get you into the meeting because I had to give you my shoes, uh, I had to give you El Salvador shirt, my headphones. Like I just uh, had to make sure that he comes to this meeting. And then I was sure. very, I was smiling when he was like, "Oh, we're talking to Riffle," and I was looking at <laughs> with big eyes to Nicholas. Are we doing the conference now? And you really picked it up despite all the. The, the corona fad the, the security fad and then here, here we are yeah there was a lot of pushback uh when i said no we should make a conference but here is a funny part uh, moritz that you don't uh, know yet i met the same person yesterday again in the same office in the exact same you know small <laughs> meeting room like this no window place and and the uh, they still don't get that they have to integrate lightning, it seems. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing for it, but they have integrated um, uh, the Creo custody solution. And so right now they are like, they don't even know if on their wallet that they want to do it, lightning will be here. And, and I'm, I mean, I was saying yesterday to them, like, if you don't integrate lightning, what are you doing? Like, I mean, every, every, Every wallet in the country, you know, is focused on that. Like you have to integrate it, and so I guess it's a good reason to make a second conference, you know, inviting back because he didn't get you the first time. It seems so. <laughs> All right, uh, just keep pushing. Just keep pushing. I'll I'll write yeah. an email and uh, say, hey guys, <laughs> we'll yeah, get yeah, there. Yeah. We we'll get them there. It's great. Yeah, yeah. All right. So when is the conference coming? Uh, adopting Bitcoin. It's uh, in November, I hear. Yes, so the conference is taking place on November 15 to 17, 2022 in El Salvador at uh, San Salvador at the Crown Plaza. So last year we were at the Sheraton Presidente, which is uh, in San Benito in the center of the town. And this time we're going to be a little bit up north, um, still, still San Salvador, but close to the World Trade Center, um, and um, yeah, it's a it's a bigger conference center, a bigger hotel with uh, more rooms. So we will have uh, plenty of places for breakout sessions and workshops, and unconferencing and hacking. So it's going to be like uh, an integrated sort of Lightning, Bitcoin, Liquid, whatever hack day there. And we have like a for all the, the devs, it's also very like dev friendly and focused because we have i think one dev track but you also have like one um lightning hack day like a hack day room or how is that structured yeah it's like uh like the basic structure is like last year um so it's a technical track called the dev track and a non-technical track called the econ track and then we have the hack space um and um and this year we're gonna have the hack space Part, which was basically an unconference where people could just um, on the spot propose sessions that they want to give or or take um, or offer, and uh, put it just on a whiteboard and um, and propose a session and ask who's going to participate. So that that element will be back, but we will also like have um, um, like workshops like for smaller audiences of 30 to 40 people, according to special interests. Uh, so people can really focus on certain topics for 90 minutes, be, be it technical or non-technical. 
So if someone wants to learn how, for example, to run your own um, Bitcoin bank um, on a self-hosted environment, um, then um, we'll ho we hope we'll have a, a workshop with OpenArms uh, who will show that uh, and in 90 minutes or 120 minutes or 240 minutes. Because, yeah, or if someone wants to learn how to, how to really push education in terms of Bitcoin forward, from Chimbera and uh, and uh, Jorge and, my, and Mike Peterson, then then there's going to be a session for that. And um, yeah, if someone wants to replicate the success of Bitcoin Jungle in Costa Rica, for example, who have also been bootstrapping quite a, a circular economy, then hopefully like there's there'll be a session about that, right? So so we are looking forward to all the. Um, um, submissions for talks. So there's a call for participation on the website. If you click on submit talk, you can um, submit your talk and propose it. And as long as it's not some blockchain-y crypto shitcoining stuff, um, this year there is very high chance that it will be accepted because uh, as I said, like we do have like the location and the, and the different rooms and the number of rooms uh, to accommodate um, more, more and different sessions. So, right. in the end, maybe it will be a little bit like um, nobody will have like the same conference experience because they can branch out from the main stages into ac according to their personal interests and and go deep in a certain topic, and, so, and may maybe even be more hands on. So, when I'm like a Bitcoin company and I'm looking to like buy a solution. Is there like a solution stage where I can hear about what Gallo is doing and what OpenNode is doing and uh, everybody else is sort of offering or Blockstream is doing with Liquid? So is like is there like is there a solution stage or something? Um, that's something that that's an idea that we have. Yeah. So it's I, I guess we don't have the solution stage as of yet, <laughs> but I think it's a good idea. And um, definitely, like if there's companies building on Bitcoin, building on Lightning, uh, they should be getting in touch and submitting here. Um, and and a solution stage, if we get enough, um, yeah, could definitely be something that we could do. And it would also be very useful, uh, in my opinion. Okay. Um, so it's also good for B2B. If I want to buy a solution or if I want to sell a solution, it's good also to meet your probably competitors. Anyway, I mean, we're all on Bitcoin, Team Bitcoin, but it's interesting to see what other people are doing. So it's interesting as a company to bring in your engineering teams and also probably meet a lot of clients because like the like we see in the sandbox of El Salvador is very successful. So this time we can expect that more people are coming uh, from the enterprise background and want to have a, have a look probably, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think what's also very interesting, what we did last year was like this um, business speed dating um, where Salvadoran businesses uh, met with Bitcoin companies and uh, just, yeah, had a had a face-to-face -face chat with them, explained to them what they do, what solutions they offer, what problems they solve. And, and I think um, like... Yeah, we should we should be doing something like that again. Like, um, but yeah, we're a little bit early still, so it's not all full fleshed out. But th those are the questions like that we want to focus on and solve, and um, and really bringing people together for networking, and um, yeah, understanding like who has the solution to my problem, 
which direction should I be looking? Um, what companies and solutions should I be considering um, for my use case? And um, and yeah, getting bringing everyone together for three days. Um, I think that's the that that's the main thing. Like just being together, and um, and and the rest will will come. And do we have a Bitcoin beach party at the end, like like last year with sunset and drinks and whatever? Is there something planned? Yeah, that's the plan again. We're going to do it a little bit different than last year. Last year, we unfortunately um, didn't know better than uh, bringing everyone to El Tunco. Um, but I think this year we'll just stay in Bitcoin Beach where people can just have their uh, naked feet in the sand with a, with a beer in the hand and uh, that they bought over lightning and uh, yeah, um, enjoy the sunset back. over the Pacific. Yeah. It yeah. was a it was an amazing moment after the conference and like energy was still there everybody chatting and you just walked around there and you can see everybody I think that was like I think that was the best moment of this week for me at least all right all right yeah I mean um, check out adoptingbitcoin.org uh, that's where that that's the website we just uh, been at um, Uh, this is where you can get um, all the information. It's not all there yet. We don't. We haven't announced any speakers as of yet. So we're gonna do that probably in one month uh, when there's gonna be a uh, price hike. Um, so the ticket price is going up uh, forever. <laughs> so currently, so currently um, there is very little information. So the price is very is rather cheap. Uh, with one hundred and fifty dollars, you can get a general admission to the conference and uh, starting on June 15th um, the price will go up to 225 and um, and yeah it will continue like that uh, until the end uh, until the conference starts and yeah um, I think let's that's it. it let's do it oh <laughs> all righty guys so are All we right. doing a, another call like this um, in the future to, to give an update on, on what's the planning and stuff? Yeah, I think we should. Uh, like, first of all, thanks that you all guys found the time to join. And also thanks for um, agreeing to be to advise us and to keep us honest uh, while Nor and I um, yeah, put, the, put the conference together. So do, do the we're going to leverage... <laughs> <laughs> you're just, you're just right. calling for crazy ideas That's, okay <laughs> exactly oh my god Moritz has a crazy idea again <laughs> no I, I think we should do this when we have a little bit more information um, maybe after the price jump um, or maybe a little later when we have a couple of speakers and we have a little bit more to tell about how the conference experience will be and, um, and yeah until then um, stay safe everyone shilladoptingbitcoin.org uh, bring your friends bring your family El Salvador is a beautiful country and uh, and yeah uh, if, if bitcoiners don't uh, don't come then and, and make it a success who will like, it's not going to happen know. without us <laughs> I, I don't know I don't want to go so far but um, yeah I also don't want to leave the the vacuum to to people like I don't know Brock and uh, Roger Ver and uh, and all these clowns, you know. Yeah. So true. All right. 
Thanks a lot for joining today. So that was our first episode of uh, Adopting Bitcoin, a conversation with Galoi and of the season two. And uh, yeah, um, hope to see you guys soon. We'll be in touch. All right. Thanks all. Bye-bye. Cheers.